0: It's time. time for Barreled Up by
2: Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim White. Welcome back to the Barreled Up podcast. This is going to be a fun one. The Baltimore Orioles are in a mode right now that baseball and that fan base has never seen. So we're going to dive into that and we're going to do that with Brad and Ryan from the Ryan Ripkin Show. I'm going to welcome them in in five seconds. But first... I want to remind everybody watching on YouTube, if you haven't subscribed to the Barreled Up podcast, do so. Wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find it. Great baseball conversations are happening over there. Make sure you turn those automatic downloads on as well. With that, let's get the guys in here. Let's talk about burns, ownership changes, Carlos Bayerger rumors, all of it. Guys, welcome in. How are you doing today?
0: Well, uh Brad and I, Brad, what's what's it's fair to say it has been a roller coaster oh, yeah. of emotions here in, in the Baltimore area since yeah. Sunday. Ravens lose, mm-hmm. but then all this Orioles news, uh Birdland is fired up right now.
1: Yeah, you and I watched the game together at at, at, at uh MnT Bank and it was uh, it was tough to watch. And then so mm-hmm. it had just been uh, a really somber beginning to the week and then Things just got thrown for a loop, and it's been going 100 miles an hour ever since. But uh, super pumped. It's like a switch went off, right? Like football season ended, and uh, now we're getting into the baseball season, and it is coming in with a bang for sure.
2: Yeah, it probably doesn't make up for that Ravens loss, but it is a fantastic distraction to help you sort of (laughs) just think about something in a more positive light. Um, I guess let's start with the most recent we will get into the ownership piece uh obviously ryan you are connected to that and have some, some 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 uh interesting thoughts but let's start with the most recent and that is the corbin burns trade it was something that all offseason everybody was looking at the orioles need another starting pitcher they specifically need an ace at the top of that rotation and there was some question if Michael elias was going to be able to do it if Michael elias was going to get the go-ahead from ownership, John Angelos and company, to go sign and spend some money because Corbin Burns isn't cheap. Um, and they do that; they go out there, they execute that trade for Corbin Burns. I'll Ryan. I'll ask, as a follow up. Don't answer it now, but as a follow up, once we're done talking about just the impact on the team, I do wonder if there is any correlation from the dominoes that are falling after the news earlier in the week but again we'll get to that after we talk about the team element to this this is a fantastic addition this gives them an ace this guy's one of the best pitchers in baseball your reaction last night when you got the news that the burns trade was going on well
0: we just did a live stream we just yeah. finished up our thursday live stream our normal programming on the ryan ripkin show and then we're sitting here and we go you got to be kidding me is this real it was right. almost like a it was it's you know, it was sources saying then it was done all of a sudden and immediate. And and as far as to answer your first question about ownership, about was this gonna push anything? Mike Elias, and I can wholeheartedly say this, he was looking since last trade deadline. People might not mm. believe it, but he has been constantly looking for upgrading this rotation pitching staff from the get-go. Now, the fact that ownership is coming in right now, I think is a is a big coincidence, even though people are are saying that that's oh that's the reason why this deal was made. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that I think what we realized last year with the Orioles, injuries happen and you got to yeah. make sure that if you want to continue on and you want to make sure that you put the Orioles in a good position in 2024, you get ready to you know, try to defend your title in the AL East. Now, the Corbin Burns parts interesting to me because why I think it happened now, Jim, is because the Orioles finally made a decision on at least some guys that they were willing to give up. And what I mean by that is Joey Ortiz, D.L. Hall, and obviously now having a draft pick in there, that's a whole different conversation that you can add to uh, you know, Sweden deals, yeah. to say. Last year when the Orioles were at the deadline, I don't think that they had a decision yet on Joey Ortiz and D.L. Hall. But now they decided that they're going to roll with Jordan Westberg, which they did show of him being in the big leagues. And D.L. Hall's value is still extremely high. And D.L. is a former teammate of mine in the minor leagues. He's fully capable of being a great major league pitcher, but his health is always going to be a concern. And so if you're able to get a pitcher like Corbin Burns for what you're giving up, the value made sense finally, Jim. Mm -hmm. And that's why Mike Elias made the move. I don't think it had anything to do with ownership, even though I know it's a fun storyline for people to uh, bring up.
2: Brad, does this give you, I mean, does this put this team in World Series or bust mode? I mean, after last year, Brad, this has got to take them to that category where that is the goal. That is what this is telling us, right? That this team is all in on a World Series in 2024.
1: Yeah, you would think so, right? I mean, it, the crazy part is is that when we we talked about this previously on the show on our show uh, uh, just about how the Orioles have kind of been way ahead of schedule where we thought they were going to be, right? Because mm-hmm. The amount of talent that came up from the farm system, we already knew that they were the number one farm system in the league. And it just so happened that they were able to adjust much faster in the big leagues than I think anybody thought. Yeah. And I'll I'll add this, you know, yeah, Corbin Burns is that ace uh, that perhaps the Orioles were looking for, but there's an ace in the making in Kyle Bradish too. I think yes. he got snubbed from the Cy Young Award last year. And I think yes. that if he continues to develop this year, we could have a, a ridiculous... Um, starting pitching rotation and Corbin Burns adding in adding him into the mix just makes them even that much more uh, dangerous and so you know you have some really crazy talent obviously in the Dodgers and then the Yankees are starting to come around again it's going to be a really fun season and the AL East is also looking like it's going to be another uh, uh, the 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 strongest division again in baseball so it's it's a lot of fun but uh, yeah I think it could end up being a, a a situation I mean look without Corbin Burns without some some ridiculous pitching that you know that we we're, we're, we're trying to bring in here Orioles were the best team in baseball in the regular season. Yeah. So I think that there wasn't much that needed to happen right. in order for them to get over that hump and and this could end up being that that being the case.
2: Yeah, this is this is exciting and and the pieces that you were talking about Ryan with it being Ortiz Hall and a draft pick uh one of the compensation draft picks uh that's I'll put it this way. I didn't think a team could trade for Corbin Burns and not really care about what they gave up. Like, Orioles fans, I think you're excited about Westberg. You're excited about You're excited about these other pieces. I think D.L. Hall may disappoint some fans seeing him leave because you'd seen him come up and you knew there was some great potential there, but it just had not clicked, especially as a starter for him yet. Doesn't mean it wouldn't have, but if you're considering all of the... Rumors we had been hearing about what the White Sox wanted for Dylan Cease from the Orioles, and then you think about, oh my God, we got to give up Cowser, we're gonna have to give up Westberg, we have to give up, we're gonna have to, we can't do Jackson this.
1: Hallie. There's rumors, yeah, on- Jackson
2: Holliday, and and then it's like, oh, we got Burns for a draft pick, which who knows that guy may bust. Uh, DL Hall, who just hasn't clicked yet, and Joey Ortiz, who there's no room for. This is incredible. So, like again, Michael Elias. Uh, congratulations to you because this is a trade where I think all Orioles fans are feeling. I did my live stream last night. Everybody gave it an a, from the Orioles perspective, nobody looks at the fact that Corbin Burns is a one year, but I, I put it this way. I'd rather have Corbin Burns for one year than Dylan Cease for two. So good job by Michael eyes gave up less, got the better pitcher. Um,
0: Yeah. The, the one thing I want to say, anyway. Jim with that is you bro- mentioned that the, the, Orioles gave up in my mind they avoided giving up untouchables. And in right. my my opinion right now, for those that are wondering with the Orioles' system, Jackson Holiday, obviously. Sam Basayo, this catching prospect, if you haven't seen him in the minor leagues, well, you better hurry big up deal. and see him because he's going to be in the big leagues at some point here. Yep. Kobe Mayo, Heston Kerstadt is a name that I'm very high on too, Jim. And so mm-hmm. the, the Orioles finally are able to make a move. And I think this is... It's a good deal for both teams. I know that people, Milwaukee fans, it's a different time right now for them, and I get it. But Joey Ortiz and D.L. Hall have the ability, and they're going to get, it looks like, the opportunity to go out there and play every day or at least have the opportunity to grow into whatever they're going to be in the big leagues. But for Orioles fans, this is the part that, take away from being an ace. What do you need from guys, Jim? You need stability in your starting rotation, and Corbin Mm -hmm. Burns is a guy... Four of his five years in the bigs, I think it's an ERA. Uh, or he had a 3-3-9 last year. The previous three seasons, he had a sub-3 ERA. But the biggest thing I'm looking at is how many starts he's having a year. In yeah. last, the last two seasons, throwing around 200 innings, you want a workhorse. Right. And the Orioles got their workhorse in Corbin Burns.
2: I got to ask you about the ownership piece. Um, obviously, there was a family connection here with your dad. Um, but let's talk about it from the perspective of just Baltimore and growing up around this team, being a fan of this team and the Angelos family, you know, Peter Angelos for a long time and then his, his son taking over, the maybe breath of fresh air, the, the, the change that this feels like it brings to Baltimore with a new ownership group that could lead the team forward. I, you know, I sort of leave it open to you your thoughts on the Orioles' ownership changing hands?
0: Well, there's still a lot of uh, still to, left to be settled, you know. And, yeah. and I told people this last night. And they they my phone was blown up on Tuesday night, Jim. I was <laughs> given lessons, and <laughs> and I I try to work with who I'm working with to focus on that. And I mm-hmm. have no idea what's going up. I pick up my phone in between a lesson, and I, I can't even. It's overwhelming. Right. But so the the news a lot of things still need to get sorted out but it is being reported and obviously it needs to be approved now for rubenstein to take over as owner and they have a lot of great uh potential investors with the ownership group i should say or just a part of the ownership team and uh, i guess they just threw my dad in there right just cal get in there right and (laughs) get him in there uh, yeah get it why not why not just 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 uh hop on in but you know, and I, there's a lot of things that I respect. Even though I'm in the media more now, I, I still have the respect for my family and for everything still being done. So there's not a lot I can comment on on the sense of what does that all mean. But I can say this: since my dad retired in 2001, he always wanted to be involved with the organization. has had interest if there was an opportunity like this. So I know he's beyond excited, and, and yep. he put out a post on X. About he wants to help the organization in any way, and you just brought up our family does have close ties to the team, going back dating back to my grandfather coaching, my uncle playing as well, and obviously my dad having the career that he had. And I can wholeheartedly say, you know, no one wants to see the Orioles do better or or to have success than my dad. So it's a really exciting time. Um, but we're going to see how it all plays out. But I promise, Jim, I promise when more comes out and I'm allowed to divulge in more information, you'll hear it straight from me so I can bring context. Um, but it's definitely, uh, I know I'm just extremely happy that yep. this is something my dad can be a part of. And it's a great, Brad and I talked about this. It's This is hopefully going to be a golden age, not take away the ownership part. Mm-hmm. This is hoping to be a golden age for the team that they have constructed.
2: Did you have any idea? Was there any inkling? Was there anything going on that you maybe got a whiff of your dad being involved with this in advance, or had he been sort of signed down and locked down with an NDA and hadn't said anything? Was this a surprise? Did it catch you off guard, or did you did you have a feeling?
0: Uh, you know, like I said, I think no matter what, I, I from you know, again, it was it's no secret my dad was being consistent over the years yep. that he always had interest. So mm. I don't think that that was you know, any, you know, inklings or anything about that. And there's not too much I can comment on, okay. but what I will say in, in general, um, you know, this time, at least with, with Rubenstein, as far as a change and a deal being done, there was rumblings that were going on for months. That yeah. was different than I yeah. had ever heard with rumors with Baltimore. So from that sense, I had a strong feeling that when I saw everything and everyone was worried about the team moving, the team was never leaving Baltimore, Jim. Not right. once. Right. But this ownership change, for me, it was way different than a rumor. It was a serious possibility from yeah. the start.
2: Yeah. It's exciting. It's definitely exciting. Um, I think what uh, this 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 fan base has experienced through that Angelos era, there's a lot of excitement to breathe different air with a new ownership group. Um, speaking of different air, it, it doesn't stop people. Uh, anybody that's listening to this right now, watching this, they're thinking, oh, the Orioles got the new owner. Uh, they got Corbin Burns. Things are great. Well, it, it just keeps on going because if you haven't heard Carlos Ballerga, now some might say, well, it's Carlos Ballerga. Stop it. Here's the thing Carlos Bayerga told us about Rodriguez to the Blue Jays. Uh, he told us about Justin Turner to the Blue Jays. He's gotten things before. Your thoughts on the latest Carlos Ballerga rumors linking the Orioles to JD Martinez, Blake Snell as players that they are going to sign, maybe even Gary Sanchez. I don't, I mean, Adley's back there. I don't know why they need Gary, but just initial reaction to because it's all breaking here this morning to the thought of Snell and Martinez being next. Is this real life? I, you know what? I don't know what
0: real life is right now. And this yeah. is what Brad and I continue to talk about is, you know, I, I didn't think, I, I thought the Orioles might be a little bit more patient at the time than they make this deal, right? And so, yeah. I even though I will say I thought they were going to make a deal at some point, just didn't know when that timeline would be. Right. Uh, I, I just don't know where it all fits in. Take the money aside. And Brad, we just mentioned guys like that are coming up through the system. If you want players to have a chance to be able to go out and play and see what you have. If you bring in certain players, like a J.D. Martinez, let's start there. I don't know if you have to commit to him being the D.H. And the Orioles over right. the years have showed they like to give their versatility mm-hmm. to other players at the D.H. spot, give Adley a day off. Maybe Santander is going to be D.H. and Castle. They want flexibility in their lineup. So J.D. Martinez, they have to be comfortable that he is just going to hit. And he can hit. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. The Blake Snell... I don't know if they're going to go out and make a type of deal like that with the staff that they have, because Blake Snell is, you know, he is going to de- not, you know, he rightfully so. He demands a lot of money. I just don't know if the Orioles are ready to do that.
1: Yeah, I I, I feel a similar way. Uh, but what I will say is that with a J.D. Martinez signing and Santander potentially in his last year uh, with the Orioles, we'll see. But there's a lot of rumors swirling around that perhaps he won't get re-signed. Um, Maybe that's an opportunity to fill that spot. I don't know. Could be, could be potential there. But what I will say is, kind of the piggyback on what Ryan was mentioning is that the depth <clears throat> that the Orioles have, as far as talents concerned, and being able to rest guys and 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 move them all around is just absolutely insane. I mean, and that's why I mentioned earlier. It's like I don't think they have to do much just because there's so many, so much talent down on the farm that they could just call up anybody. And, and probably would get just as much production out of them as anybody that they, they have left to sign. The one thing
2: signing a J.D. Martinez could do, again, and Blake Snell, if this team feels like they need to just, I mean, I mean you're adding talent, right? You're just stacking talent on top of talent. You're getting better and better. If you end up in a situation where uh, J.D. Martinez is the D.H., which means Ryan Mountcastle and Ryan O'Hearn enter into a, First, place, first base platoon situation, or you just start, again, you're stacking talent to the point where if this team feels like they need another piece of the trade deadline, they have so much that they can oh, yeah. move to go and grab, you know, whichever uh, top trade bait is out there. So it's definitely you know, more talents, not a bad thing, but do they need the talent? I, I know that that Blake Snell contract that Blake Snell was asking for from the Yankees, there's no way. It's going to be in that range. Anybody that didn't see that, that 270 for nine. But if that comes down to earth, if JD, I mean, you never know. At this point, I don't think you can rule anything out with the Baltimore Orioles and what they're doing. Um, give me your thoughts uh, before we before we get out of here. What's next? Is this just the beginning? Um, what do you see as next for the Orioles? And it can be as narrowed as... The rest of this offseason, it can be the focus moving forward. Um, Ryan, we'll start with you talking about this Orioles. What Orioles fans can look forward to moving forward?
0: Well, I think what's next is who's going to make that jump this year. And so, yeah. this past year, you saw obviously Adley Rutschman was already you changed the the franchise as far as when he came up. The Orioles, the stat about their record since he came to Baltimore. But Adley settled in, he made the jump overall as a player in year two, took another step forward. Gunnar Henderson took yep. that leap as well. Who is going to be the next in this pipeline that's going to take this drastic step forward with, with an already talented group? And I and I'm very bullish on a guy like Heston Kerstad. I mm-hmm. thought he was the best left-handed pure bad who came up at the end and played sporadically here. But yep. the dude, the dude can mash. So I just think that the Orioles now, they have things in place. The one question mark, I guess, Jim, that's the wait and see, is going to be in the bullpen. How is that going to shape up? I I have faith that Craig Kimbrell, you brought in a a guy that you trust. Dylan Tate that people forget about has tremendous stuff, and he's hopefully, like he said, fully healthy. Mm -hmm. But how is that bullpen going to shape up? And is Yaneer Kano going to have another year like he did? So I think the Orioles are – still going to kick the tires on what's available in that pitching department. But if there was one thing that I think that they would take a closer look at is making sure they shore up because an injury here or there, and you can find yourself in
1: a bind really quickly.
2: Yeah. Brad, your thoughts?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm going to take a different approach. You know, I've grown up a lifelong Orioles fan as well. And just seeing the team when I was younger, I'm 37 years old. So like just seeing the team when I was younger and what, what we thought they could be, and and they made the playoffs a few times, but never really got there. And then you have Buck Showalter that comes in, um, you know, about ten or so years ago, and then really turns that team around. But for the first time ever, I feel like, as a fan of of the Orioles, that this is just a new generation that we've never seen before, mm-hmm. and it's going to continue for years and years to come. I mean, mm-hmm. the team is so young, they're so talented, and I think this is something that my grandfather would experience with the Baltimore Orioles back in the seventies and eighties. And so like, I think that, that era of, of Orioles ball is about, is about to, to start. And maybe yeah. it already has.
2: Yeah. When I moved here years ago from upstate New York, I, uh, it, it was during a bad time and it just felt like this city, as far as baseball goes, is a sleeping giant. And I don't say that lightly. Um, it really is like selling out every single game and having a raucous uh fan base that is that is you know very bullish on their team. Um, it woke up a little bit with that Adam Jones era when they made the playoffs a couple times, Britain's the closer and 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 Tillman and all they woke up a little bit, and I think it was jolted back to life last year and it's only going to continue. I mean, I was joking about this. Um, Red Boston, I'm sorry. Like one of the things that has always happened is the Orioles have been like Fenway South or Yankee Stadium South, where those fans would come down, or there's so many yep. fans in the area where they, they just they 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 go in there and and they they're 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 loud enough to be felt during games. I, I have a prediction: Fenway Park is going to become Camden Yards North because there is now going to be a fan base that feels confident to go up there and rile up some Red Sox fans at Fenway because when Corbin Bradish is on the mound pitching against the Red Sox and the Orioles are on a 10-game winning streak, the fan base is going to flock north. So big things. I'm excited for you guys. Uh, it, it's it's, it's it, a great era. Certainly seems like it is lined up. Tell everybody what you guys have working on with the Ryan Ripken show and the podcast and where they can find it and everything.
0: Well, where do we start? Well, we do live shows at least twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays, but with the scheduling coming up and during the baseball season, the times are going to change, but we're going to have a lot of content, and I actually am going to be covering with the Orioles. I will do pregame shows, so 105.7 here in Baltimore Mm -hmm. is something I'm going to be a part of here, but but Jim, we have a lot of things, and hopefully we have you involved with more stuff we talked about as well, so whether you like it or not, Jim, you're going to hopefully be more of a regular with us, but we have so much content coming your way uh, or for viewers out there and you can get it all on the YouTube channel uh, at Ryan Ripkin media on there. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think I could speak for Brad too. We just cannot wait for the spring
1: and summer. We're so excited for sure.
2: Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun guys. I do appreciate you coming in and spending some time. Those that are watching on YouTube, I appreciate you coming in for sort of a last minute. I know there was some confusion with the, with the stream time. So I apologize to the viewers on YouTube for that. Um, But thank you for coming in, making sure to, to swing on back. Make sure to hit that like, those watching on YouTube, hit that like on the way out. If you enjoyed the stream today, those listening on the podcast, make sure you have downloaded, make sure you have turned those automatic downloads on and help us grow the Barreled Up podcast rate and review. Tell your friends about it. All right, guys, we are out of here. Again, Brad and Ryan, thank you for coming in. Thank you to everybody for watching on YouTube. Thank you to everybody for lending us your ears on the podcast. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thanks, Jim.